the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower tier teams. Here's Johnny! So, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. What's going on, boys? What's going on? How you doing, RP? How you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing good. I I had a fun day today, didn't I, Steve? <laughs> oh, did you? Oh shit! Uh, man, not, you uh, you made my job. Man, you made my job. I haven't had that much. I I haven't had that much Twitter correspondence since I started the account. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it, man. We will get into it. I, normally, when I prepare for our weekly shows on all of our shows, and I already have my notes kind of bullet. But, uh, I actually um, used your Twitter to win your tweets to uh, use as an agenda for tonight. We could roll with that. Yeah, I, I yeah, <laughs> I just, you know, it, just to tell you, it, it didn't start that way, but for the life of me, we all know you're not going to win 82 games in a season. You're going to lose games. You're going to have bad games, whatever it may be, but but the meltdown that went on after last night's game was just like, I, I don't get it. You have five regulation losses since December 5th. It, it's February 21st. If you would have said that to us in, in September, we would have jumped all over it. So I just decided to just, I don't know. I don't want to say I was attacking. I was just sort of defending and and just trying to figure out what, what the hell was going on because it, it was a Man, Rangers Twitter was vintage today. I got to tell you, last night and today, they, it, it was just I just couldn't get off it. I just I was on Twitter all day. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk day. about it. We'll bring on Glenn and we'll get into all that because I thought the Rangers had a successful successful road trip. Glenn, RP will lead the conversation. But uh, after that Winnipeg last night, RP had a lot to say with Ranger fans on Twitter. But Glenn, say hello and then we'll go back to RP and we'll get this thing rolling. How you doing, man? Yeah, hey guys. Um, I got home from work a little late tonight, and I guess I didn't get a chance to uh, see what was going on on Twitter. So I'll be interested to uh, hear about it. I kind of get the gist from what you guys are talking about. But uh, for anybody to be complaining about this team, or even complaining about the game last night, geez, fifty shots. Hellebuck was uh, out of this world. Um, yeah. you know, after the game, I was just like, hey, that's for team. Hot goalie, what are you going to do? Can't win them all. I mean, that was my attitude when I went to bed. So, I agree. Uh, I, I, I don't know how anybody could be. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a team that's uh, 12 points above the cut line. They're 7-1-2 and two in the last 10. Uh, like RP said, uh, the record going back to December 5th. I mean, geez, this is like a, a glorious ride. And uh, I don't know how... Anybody could be uh, complaining or worried or anything. Um, you know, there's a couple of things to be concerned about. I mean, Igor's given up three or four goals in, I think, the last five or six games at least. And, uh, yes. you know, it's a little troubling how they're uh, getting themselves in the hole again so quick in the first period. But, you know, they've shown oh. resilience. They did in, in Edmonton and Calgary. 
And uh, obviously, you know, they did the best they could to try to come back uh, from that early two-goal deficit last night, but Helen Buck uh, wasn't, wasn't having any of it. So, you know, what are you going to do? So I'm interested to hear what's going on in uh, the Ranger Twitterverse uh, today because I didn't get a chance to look. Yeah, it was uh, – you know, Steve, let me just start off by saying I wasn't so much defending the poor play because I, I just think it's absurd how the last three games you're down by at least – two goals in every game in the first period. I, I just, they're, they're playing, they're playing poor defense and their offense or they're gathering themselves in the second and third period of, of some of these games and they can, they're, their resilience and their consistency has brought them back in those games to come back and win in, in you know, the Vancouver game and in the Edmonton game and even the Calgary game where we got the overtime loss. But, I was my problem with and and what was going on Twitter, uh, Glenn with Twitter was that if they could find something wrong to bitch about, mm-hmm. fans were. Chesterton yep. doesn't look good. It was Truba sick last night. He played horrible. Well, K. Andre Miller was playing horrible. The kids' line's not scoring, and I'm like, it is impossible. The Boston Bruins are on an anomaly. Okay, they are in a whole nother world. And even they've been losing games now. And it's impossible to win every hockey game. And when you lose a game, it doesn't mean you just rip everybody apart every time you lose. And that's what was just going on today. Oh. You know, and I and Steve Sirk, Steve Compton, I, I put a tweet out, and it started out. It was a great road trip. We had bad defense. defense. Sergeant struggling, struggling, excuse me. Hey, welcome back, Tyler Mott. They're, they're, what is it, 12, 12, 5, and 4 since December 5th. I, I, I just, I, I put 22 in error. But I just, the ups and downs of range of Twitter, if we were a bad hockey team, I can only imagine, you know, Fire Gallant, Rory Salk, Hang Jim Dolan. I mean, it's, it's amazing as good as this team is playing, and they can play so much better. Don't get me wrong. There are so many mistakes. And, and things that they have to address. But to be mm-hmm. in the position that they're in, the world can end on, on losses and, and bad play. Because it used to be, like when I was younger, hey, even if you play bad, if you found a way to win, that's what you're supposed to do. Now the mm-hmm. Rangers are playing not great hockey. They're winning most of their games. So mm-hmm. isn't that what you want? Would you rather be losing the hockey games? And I just, today was just sort of a breaking <laughs> point. You know, Steve was going back and forth with me in, in the early morning, just making jokes, making comments. My my buddy from Forever Blues versus making comments, and it was just I, you know, I'm looking at the stats and a lot of them that that Glenn read off. You know, they're eighth in the league in wins. They're excuse me, they're tenth in the league in goals scored. They're eighth in the league in goals against. You know, their 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 struggle right now is their penalty killing is weak. They're sixteenth. That that's what they need that. to step up. Fix they, they have to fix, fix that. that. You, you you can't go in. You can't go into the playoffs. And they were ninth in, in power play until last night. Now they dropped back down to eleventh, and their power play was the catalyst to the two big comebacks on, on the road trip. So you were so that that's not going to be successful either. And last night, what were they over three or four or something like that? And that that hurt them too. But you know, Glenn, in a nutshell, it was just like. 
you know, just or we should play Halak more. I'm like, I, I don't understand. Even though he's struggling, he's still finding ways. Oh, hold on. I think we have a bad connection. RP Wing calls back in. We'll call back in. So, yeah, our, uh, Glenn, uh, to, to fill you in earlier, since last night, since the loss versus the Jets, uh, RP and Rangers Twitter, they, they were having a nice little banter back and forth. Uh, I think RP had a bad connection. And he'll, he's, back, he's back. RP, I think we had a bad okay. connection with you. I see you're back. Well, go ahead and continue. Yeah, talking, bro. something, something dropped. Yeah. Uh, so, like, like I was saying, it, you know, you can struggle – Struba struggled, but, but he's still playing good. You know, Chesterkin is he's he's innocent. He hasn't played well since the All Star break. But you don't just give up on him and go with with Halak, who couldn't even get a win until December. You know, and I just think the rationale of, of some of the fan bases, and it's not all of them, but some of the people are just like, uh, you know, let's just find a reason to pound on the Rangers when they lose. And you're Ranger fans, I don't get it. You're you're in a great spot. Playoff-wise, you, you, you're doing so well. So I just didn't understand it, so I was just going at it. In, in good conversations, don't get me wrong, there was no, there was nothing nasty. That's why I sort of enjoyed it. It wasn't like ripping each other apart. It was just people, you know, explaining their views and what they thought and, you know, comparing back to the 94 days. Glenn, excuse me, Glenn, you would like that. They were talking about, you know, when Gottman got traded and they brought Anderson over. I don't know how we yeah. got into that conversation, but it, it was one of those kind of nights. It was, I mean, it was great Ranger conversation. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you got to be happy with the club at 33 and 15 in February. So I'm a little, I'm just a little confused by why everyone is so down on them when they lose, or if they win poorly but they still win. You take the two points and you move on, you know. Yeah. And then of course you get, then of course Glenn, you get why is VC on the first line? Why isn't this one there? Why isn't that one there? Well, you know something, it's working. So can you really knock a lot of it? They they're still missing a couple of pieces. I don't know if they'll be able to get it, but this might be the team you go into, and I think they'll be fine. Let me let me ask you that about that, RP, because we talked about the trade with Tereschenko, right? And then also, since then, Gucci has gone on, and we, we get that Talamat, a guy who's familiar, a guy we had at the trade deadline mm-hmm. last year. So what are your thoughts about that as far as stiffening, in particular, the bottom uh, you know the, the, the you know the last line, the fourth line, and also penalty kill situation. That's an area where we penalty kill. Yeah. You get, so what are your thoughts Pe- on that? As far as the moves, I, I look. I don't think anyone didn't like Ty Lamont. I think he moved on because it was a salary cap, cap. problem. It was a cap situation. Yeah. Offer him. It, it was a cap situation, and they thought right. they were good with what the fourth line players that they had. Mont, right. Gutierrez is a good offensive player, but they said it on there last night. He is not a fourth-line player. He needs right. minutes to get his offense going, right? When, when he plays a lot, you see that he drives to the net. He's, he can score goals, but he didn't yeah. have a fit on the team. Mott has a fit on this team. Never mind he's going to play on the fourth line, but he's another penalty killer that Gallant likes. Mott is right. very comfortable with the Rangers. So I, I thought it was a great trade for the Rangers. It was another great move Drury pulled. And you worry about if you're going to re-sign him at the end of the year at the end of the year. You weren't worried about it last year. You're not going to worry about your your trade deadline moves this year. You do what you need to do to try to get to that next step, which for the Rangers would be to the finals. So I, I was very happy with it. Um, I, I liked their lines that they rolled yesterday. You know, they had, what, 50, 51 shots on goal. Uh, Steve Zalaket, who after every game puts up his scoring chance report, the Rangers mm-hmm. had 20, 20 uh 
excuse me, 49 chances. 12 of them were high-quality scoring opportunities. They only got one goal. Winnipeg was the other way. They had 20 scoring chances, and eight of them were considered high-quality, but they scored four goals. A couple of their goals were major defensive lapses. There were some power play problems, uh, penalty-killing problems. So where the game went according to what Valak had posted, were there ways that the Rangers could have prevented some goals? Yeah, absolutely. The, the one that comes to mind was um, uh, who was their leading scorer, Steve? Schiffley? Schiffley. Yes. Exactly. One of the goals he drove down, mm-hmm. and Keandre Miller tried to stick check him instead of taking the body and pushing him away from the net. This guy's a goal scorer. He had no trouble finding the fucking scoring. Those are the defensive mental breakdowns that we have seen all year, and they still seem to be biting them in the ass a little bit. So you need to be smarter. Now, was the team a little tired coming off the world trip? Perhaps. But the problem with that year is the Rangers have shown that they can come back. So the problem with all these I... comebacks is now, go ahead. You, you believe you can do it all the time. And that's great. It's a great attitude. But when it doesn't right. happen, it's like such a letdown. You know, do um, you guys agree? It's great yeah. to have that, that tenacity. You yeah. can't always play from behind. I... I agree with you. I'll, I'll be real quick. We could go to Glenn, and then we'll bring on Carl and get his thoughts. But I agree with you. I saw your uh, retweet or uh, the Steve uh, Valaquette, uh, you know, the statistics with the high-quality mm-hmm. chances from uh, CSA Hockey on Twitter and how the Rangers were, could have had an expected 5.52 goals where Winnipeg was at 3.13, the high-quality chances. Mm-hmm. Listen, Everything you said is right. I think what Glenn said early on, and that's how I took the game, if you really watch all the games, not just our game, but everything. Winnipeg was a, is a wounded animal. Colorado is on mm-hmm. the ass in that position. They, they know yeah. it. They played like a team possessed. Like They knew the defending chance were coming. And as bad as they've mm-hmm. been because of their injury situation, the avalanche, Winnipeg played because they dropped a couple right before us. And that's no excuse for the Rangers because I thought the Rangers played not. I thought they played all right, but Winnipeg was flying last night. Flying. I mean, Connor was flying through yeah. the middle. Uh, they, it, they, like I said, night. you saw the tweets. Uh, you saw the tweets all day. RP, I said forever blue shirts and you yeah. guys. I said I, I thought he was Patrick Raw last night, and, and they yeah, had it and exactly. doubled down on it and said they were mixed with Dominic Hasek. That's that's how great yeah. he played. That's just how I took it. He that's how great. I took the game. You were out of the two games. Yeah, out of the 82 games, you're just going to have one of those. It, it, they, they were okay, but that team was they, – they they needed it more than us, honestly, because we had a fantastic road trip. Um, we yeah. accumulated a point in every game. And, you know, I didn't see – I'll be honest, RP. I only saw two periods out of the three every night because I always watched, rewatched the third period to get up. Like, that, like mm-hmm. I can't stay up, dude. But I was, you know, <laughs> see, last Wednesday for my position, I do the Knicks with, with Av, Nickabaka Av, and I'm side-eye or peripheral watching the Knicks playing, you know, whoever, they, you know, or they're doing the show. And I saw Vancouver and right. the Rangers going back and forth in the first period. I watched the second period, and I saw they came back and went. Like I said on last week's episode, I really wanted that Edmonton game. I really wanted that one more than anyone on mm-hmm. that trip outside of the Carolina game, man. And I thought we weren't going to win at first in the first period, man. We went down early. The Rangers, they came. That's that's the silver lining I'm taking out of this run is that even as bad as the defense has been playing, they have shown the ability to come back. I know Edmonton's Correct. defense isn't great. I get that. But 
Listen, that was a fantastic. That, <laughs> it isn't great. That was a very good win, man. Very good win in Edmonton, uh, Calgary. You know, it was house money game, and not to make not to make excuses, but you know, Calgary got up early. Uh, bang bang goals, and um, it right. still got one point out of it. I I woke up. I was like, wait a minute, that shit went into overtime. <laughs> I was like, okay, but at one point, I'm cool with that road trip, RP. Uh, We could go to, uh, if you want to go to Glenn, or RP, if you have anything for Glenn. Glenn, call whoever wants to call. You want to chime in on on the fun that we've been having on Twitter today? (laughs) Good evening, evening, gentlemen. I've not been able to follow all that, um, but, you know, the the last couple of games um, have been interesting. and I don't, uh, I don't know you guys, if you guys had brought this up earlier. Um, I don't know now, between now and April 14th, I'm not totally sure how I'm to evaluate any of these games because there's about a 90, was it 95% chance that they're going to play the Devils in the first round. Like, there's really nothing the Rangers could do mm-hmm. between now and then, that's, or even the Devils. It's really going to change the positioning of, of the standings. So anything that's going to happen is sort of developed in, in the prism of, all right, can you beat the Devils in the first round? So what you see in terms of defensive lapses or, or maybe a lag off of you know, a, a three games in four nights or, or anything, I, I don't know how to evaluate, you know, like Igor having, you know, this, this you know, let's say about seven, eight games uh, stretch where he hasn't, you know, performed all that great. Like, I don't know how to evaluate that. So I have to sort of be very calm in how I look at the games. Like the, the Wednesday game when they got down early on, that was one of those games where I think Joe McMade did the, the, the point on the, on, the, on the telecast when they were broadcasting from the studio. Apparently MSG's, uh, you, know, you know, pinching the pennies apparently, um, where basically they, they were kind of dicking around for about the first, I don't know, eight, ten minutes of the game knowing that they could, you know, score four or five goals and, and, and put them away, which kind of what happened, not, not to the extent that I thought. And then the Friday and Saturday – and then the Friday and Saturday games, I think, in a lot of ways, one of those games, they, they played better than what the, – the Edmonton game, I thought they were, they were playing better than what the score had indicated. Like, they were down 3 nothing, but I was like, wait a second. Rangers are playing pretty well here. I'm like, I know they're losing. And I think the coach even mentioned after the game, he was like, I thought our game was pretty good, even though they were losing. The Saturday game, they kind of lucked out. And then last night's game, I just – the first thing I thought about before the game started, I said, you know, this is like a schedule loss here. You know, three games, four nights, traveling back West Coast. Mm-hmm. And even with that, if that game to me, if that game was played 100 times, the Rangers probably win that game 95 times. Yep. That's, how I, that's how I thought. So from that standpoint, I can't, I can't totally be um, too upset. I think what we're just sort of looking at now is just can, with, especially with the recent trade, and I think we'll probably talk about that later on, just how do we get everything sort of structured and lined up for what's going to happen basically seven weeks from now. That's really what all this is down to. Yeah. The individual, yeah, individual player, that. a specific situation, uh, that may or may not fix itself. It may, you know, but right now, between now and the – what is the trade deadline? The 13th of March? Is that the date? But between now and then, no, isn't it? figure out what you want yeah, to do. It, and... I forgot if it's the 13th or the 3rd. I'm looking it's it up one now. Of those, it's one of those days. I, yeah, some it's coming up. <laughs> yeah, and so that's the deal. So I think we have to. I think going forward, we have to be very careful about how we evaluate the way some of these games either look, just because 
all, it's not like they're, they can fall back or they can move up. They're basically locked into where they are. So guys may be managed in terms of uh, deployment differently. Some guys, you know, there may be a, a shift in, in, in usage rates, um, goaltending situations, all these things now that we kind of have a good feeling as to where this is leading. I think now we have to just sort of look at it and say, okay, this is what's going to be. Let's just kind of figure out tweaks here, tweaks there, and then seven weeks from now go at it. Yeah, the, the trade deadline is next Friday, the third. Mm-hmm, the third. Okay. So it's, it's it's sneaking up on them. I know, as you were saying, Cole, uh, I'm so tired of the Patrick Kane rumors that were going on prior to the trade that the Rangers made and the trade for O'Reilly that Toronto made. But on a tangent here, it really is the fault of Kane who couldn't decide what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to give teams seven days' notice to decide if we want to be traded or not. Teams aren't going to wait. The Rangers in Toronto, they're in playoff hunts. They're trying to position themselves, as Carl was just saying. They can't sit around waiting, do you want to leave Chicago or not? So it's great to have that that leverage of having the no-trade clause, but him procrastinating what he wanted to do and what he felt he wanted to do, it it caused him going to one of the two teams. Yep. You know, can they fit him into the cap? I, I don't know. I've looked at the numbers. That it's kind of tight. You're going to need a third team. You're going to need retention and all of this. And, and then where do you put him? You, you look at the – does he fit in the – I mean, I guess you could say they'll move EC out and put him up in, in the top six, but can he keep up with Kreider and Zimbanejad? Does he have a bum hip? No one really knows. You know, he did score a hat trick the other day against Toronto, but – I'm sure that was a little bit of motivation to shove it in Toronto's face that they didn't reach out or work a deal out or, or what you may. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the direction you want to go. I, I think I would rather see them get a fourth-line center if they don't want to bring Brzezinski back up. I don't know if they're happy with decisions or not. He's played all right. Uh, what, what do you think, Glenn? Decisions of the guy go another direction? and I, I, well, I don't know. It, you know, it's interesting, uh, RP. You, you brought up the uh, Kane situation, and I had read that too, that it, it still could be possible, tension and getting a third team involved, that they might be able to get his cap it down to a point where they actually could fit him in. Uh, what I would do in that case, if they were to do that, would be put him on the uh, second line with Trocek and Panarin, put Tarasenko back on the first line with uh, uh, Mika and Kreider, and then have a fourth line of uh, Goudreau and uh, VZ and Mott. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I like that, that fourth line. Yeah, I mean, that to me seems the optimal way to go, don't you think? Uh, you got a bunch of yeah, guys no. there that can, that can kill penalties. So, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't uh, – I, I don't think Drury is done. I don't think any of us think he's quite done yet. Um and, uh, again, I mean, I, I don't want VZ or Gaudreau or somebody in the top six. Um, so, right. you know, if they can pull something off for for Kane, um, you know, I mean, maybe you're talking crafts off, uh, a pick, a prospect, I don't know. Um, but if he can make it work under the cap, at this point, I would be in favor of that because, I mean, frankly, Kane seemed uh, pretty heartbroken that uh, the Tarasenko trade uh, went through uh, from the comments I saw. Uh, And again, we don't know what his situation is physically, 
But uh, I would be in favor if they could bring him in, put him on the second line, Tarasenko on the first line, and you're done. Yeah, I, I like how that all sounds. I just don't – I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired of hearing the Kane rumors for, what, yeah. two years now? Yeah. More or less. And I don't – I just – you know, he's going to be a rental player. I don't know if he'll stay with – if he came to New York or not. I don't know if he'll have enough time to know if he wants to stay in New York or not. I think he's – Heartbroken that this whole that he's gonna leave Chicago one way or another. So uh, you know I'm the two minds of it. I mean I'm sure he could help the club. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't know how much. You really don't know with the injury. I don't feel bad that he hasn't been traded yet because he has all the power and him and his agent really haven't been able to make a decision on what they want to do. I mean you can't negotiate with another team if you're the property of the Blackhawks. It rarely happens when they allow you to do that. Now I would think. Chicago, with the loyalty that they have for everything Kane has done, probably would have told his agent, if you want to talk, we can work something out if you're going to move him. But you got to let us know where so we can figure out if that team has something we want. What do the, what do the Rangers have that Chicago would want? You know, you're not going to give up Jones, the defenseman. I don't think so anyway. You're not going to give up Kyle. You're not giving up Offman. Do they want Kraftsov? Is, is that something that they would be looking towards? You're yeah. not going to trade any other roster player, especially nope. on the defense side. So I don't know if there's a, that's why, you know, another reason why you might need a third team. And three team trades in the NHL are rare. The one happened a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's rare and it's really complicated because they have the salary cap. Right. So, you, you know, guys, it's, it's, it's there. It's not there. Obviously, the Rangers need another piece. They they need something to get VC off the first line, and it's not that VC's bad. He's just not the top six player that you need on this team. You know, if they could find that right winger, and and like excuse me, like Glenn just said, those moves that you were saying, I think would be great. I, I think Tarashenko can play anywhere. I think he likes playing with Panarin. I think he's doing well when he's not with Panarin. Uh, you know, and he's still feeling his way around. You know, not being in St. Louis. And that's going to take a little bit more time. So that next move, if they make it, it has to also be what you can give. The Rangers are only going to have around $9 million at the trade deadline to play with. So that's a huge amount of retention they would need if they picked up Kane. Yeah. You know, I know yeah, the contract's all prorated and all, but... But RP wouldn't wouldn't uh, Kane's cap hit be prorated to whatever point we well, are in the season? Say, so what would his cap hit be it, now? I, that's what I. That's a very good question. Hold on one second. I'm looking I mean, it would up. Would it be like maybe a quarter of the? It's got to, yeah. It's not going to be the whole. The whole nut that he has. Yeah. But his, what is it? He's making. Hold on one sec, guys. Kane right now is that. He's make making well. He's making 10.5 this year. Right. So when you look at what his his cap hit is, his daily cap hit is 56,000. He doesn't break his uh yeah. He has right now today a remaining cap hit of 2.8 million. So yeah. by next week it'll probably be 2.4 uh to 56,000 dollars, maybe be 2.3. So somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, so okay. do it right so at the deadline. That's still doable. If you do it right, right. If you do it right at the deadline, but the, the Rangers would still have to make another move because 
they barely have a million, uh, 900,000. Right. So they're going to have to get a lot of help. And the thing is, right. they're paid to do all of that. You well, know, I mean, you just don't know where they're at. Tarasenko move and bring Mott back. I mean, Drury, I think, is obviously going for it this year. So yes. uh, I think his attitude is if he can make it work, he will. And then, you yes. know, from Kane's standpoint, um, you know, if he tells Chicago – the Rangers or maybe another team and that's it, make it happen with one of those two teams, then, you know, then it's, you know, we're not talking about the whole league. We're talking about the Rangers and whoever else it might be. So that's kind of up to Kane too. He, he sounded pretty upset uh, that the Rangers picked up Tarasenko. So, you know, he may turn <laughs> around to Chicago and say, I want to go to the Rangers for the playoffs and make it work. Yeah, you but know? similarly then to but the, uh, the St. Louis trade. Oh, uh, yeah, with, with, with Callahan, right. Yep. That's right. So he's got a lot of leverage here. I mean, you know, the alternate is he finishes the season in Chicago and the Blackhawks get nothing. So I don't think they want to do that. So, you know, I mean, it may come down to a point they may not get as much as they would have liked, but, you know, they may have to take what they can get. That's very true. But when does he make that decision, okay, I'll wait when I know trade close to go to the Rangers. The, The trade deadline is next Friday. If right. you're going to do a three-team kind of deal, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's not just like yep. a one-for-one trade. Yep. You have to make that decision. And, you know, if you saw his interview after the Toronto game when he had the hat trick, they were asking him what his gut feeling is and what is he thinking. He kept saying, I don't know. And yeah. for me as a fan, as a fan, I'm going, how don't you know? Do you, yeah. do you want to just tell the Blackhawks you don't want to be traded and that's just the way it's going to go? I'm not tra- waiving it. Or are you going to tell the Blackhawks this is what I want to do? He hasn't been able to make this decision in, you know, 18 months. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, well, you, the disadvantage. You, you know, guys, no well, maybe he should talk to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> well, you know, one, you say, well, you know, one thing that, and I, I, I heard, well, I heard Eddie O talk about this the other day in an interview in regards to a, a potential trade. There was, he was looking at it from two aspects, right? One is that the Blackhawks potentially do not want to sort of disrespect him by just sort of sending mm-hmm. him as like a dump, right? You know, just for a, 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 you know, a, you know, 30 cents on the dollar. Like that would just look insulting. So the, the feeling is that they're, if they can't, if, if, if both sides have sort of agreed like, hey, listen, all right, I think it's best that we, you know, for the rest of the season, you know, we send you to fill in the blank team, team you're choosing that we can make out work. And then after the season, you come back, kind of similar to in baseball, what um, what, a, what the Yankees did with the Roldis Chapman. They traded him to the Cubs. Uh, I think it was what five, six years ago. Steve, you probably could clear it, clear that for me. Mm-hmm. And they re-signed him after the right. season was over. So you know they just sort of had a mutual agreement. This was going to happen, and they worked that way. The Yankees got their compensation that they wanted. They re-signed the player afterwards. I think in this particular case, maybe the. The Blackhawks and Kane, they come to some sort of an agreement. or And then the Blackhawks then try to find suitable compensation. But if they can't find suitable compensation, perhaps there's already sort of a, a working agreement that says, hey, listen, we're going to try this. We'll see. We'll work with you, no question. Both sides have been together for, for long enough that, you know, there's no secrets at this point. But if they don't find adequate compensation, they just say, hey, listen, we can't, we can't make this work. And we're just not going to just dump you for, you know, a second round pick and some, you know, quote unquote, you know, air quotes, scraps. But let me ask really quick, and Steve, maybe you know this, isn't that a form of collusion? Because 
if you're, let's say, the Rangers in, in that third team, whoever it may be, now the Blackhawks and Kane work out that at the end of the year you're going to come back and resign for whatever and, and finish it out. But in the interim, these are two other teams are trying to break down salary caps. They're giving up some of their youth to get in, and he knows that he's leaving. How does that judge? In I mean, thesis, like, it, it, it definitely sounds like that. I don't know. Honestly, I, for the NHL, I'm not 100% sure, but in theory, it does sound like a, some sort of collusion on in-season tampering. <laughs> but um, to yeah, be quite honest I mean, you with know. you, go ahead. Oh, by the way, we got no, Scott on with us, but I'll I answer your question. But, yeah, I, I understand why you're saying that. And I'm surprised that, well, I, to be quite, I'm not really into the rumors and the trade stuff. I, I always attack things from a need perspective. I, but as far as mm-hmm. the teams want to work out, bringing in Patrick Kane, listen, I'll say this. General, the general manager, I've had, I think he's done a hell of a job. He he didn't wait to the last minute on the Tereschenko or the Mott trade, and I know we have to, we have to talk about it like Carl brought up. You know, you still have a week and some change to add if you could squeeze in the cap. And this is something we said in the early in the year, like how is he going to pull this off? And he's, he's doing it little by little, not waiting. I think mm-hmm. he's leveraged. He has a lot of leverage. And if and if with the player verbally coming out and saying that, if he said that, because I didn't really follow the follow, but if he, I'm going off what you guys saying, I believe it. Listen, that, that that plays to, you know, the blue shirt's hand that he wants to be there. And um, I, I'll leave it at that. But, yeah, it does sound kind of like uh, uh, in-season tampering, collusion. I don't I don't know. Like, let me – I don't know. You guys tell me. Has this, in this sense, happened? When was the last time something like that, like this situation has happened in the NHL? Like, like this? I don't – You tell me. I don't know. I don't – I don't know this. I don't know. Scott, is a player allowed to be traded and become a UFA and then re-sign with his old team? I guess he is. I, I don't, don't see why not. I'm trying I don't to see like, why not, right? I can't. I, like, I'm it has it up, to have happened. Uh, uh, I don't remember the last happened. time this happened. It had to have happened, but I, I mean, we could recall. Yeah, we could probably check, but when he did. It's probably happened more than we think. That's why I'm mm. I'm bringing up yeah. that particular sort of handshake, you know, nod, nod, <laughs> wink, wink, hey, <laughs> and just yeah. That's just kind of how we're only going to think out. of it. We're only going to think of it if it was a big name that comes to mind. I'm sure there's plenty that went under the radar, and we just can't place a finger on them right now. Well, you know, it's, it's making me think of of going back a little bit. I mean, remember when the Rangers traded Richter's rights? Uh, when he became a free agent, and then they signed him, and I think they did that with Mess too. I mean, that's going back, you know, in the uh, it, it, back in the uh, in the nineties. But I mean, that was kind of a weird kind of situation too, where they, you know, Rangers got a pick or something to trade his rights uh, to a team, and then they signed him back again anyway. So there was some funny business going on back even at that point. Um, I don't know where the rules stand right now, but. I mean, that's kind of something that comes to my head that, uh, you know, there was some some weird transactions going on and, and the player wound up uh, re-signing with his old team. Yeah. yeah it's it's, a, it's a, a very different and unique situation that feels yeah. like everyone's been talking about for so long. It's like, do it or don't already. Yeah. But any, let me anyway. Ask, let me ask you guys what you think, if you don't mind, Steve. Uh, an RPA, um, something that's become a little bit of a phenomenon this year. 
uh, where teams are sitting guys out uh, for extended periods of time without having a deal made. Uh, Chikrin in Arizona has been sitting out for like a week and a half already. Uh, I saw Gavrikov in uh, Columbus has been sitting, and now I saw today that uh, Luke Shen is being uh, Shen, benched yeah. by Vancouver without a trade, uh, you know, in place. Um, and, and these guys are going to, you know, it's like, I mean, Chikrin, if he doesn't get traded until the trade deadline, is going to have to go for a rehab stint in the minors. He's going to be out for like mm-hmm. three weeks. What do you guys think of that? It's happened in the past. This week, Glenn. <laughs> Somebody, that, somebody brought that up. One of the uh, one of the commentators on some show, I don't recall what it was, brought that up as a topic: is uh, should there be a limit on how long the teams can keep these guys out of the lineup? I mean, theoretically, like if you know you're trading the guy, like like Patrick Kane, for example, theoretically they could have sat him all year. Um, so should there be? <laughs> some kind of limit. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about that. Uh, you know, because I, I, I like to make a strong case that it's a, it's a business for the players as well as the team, just as much so. They're, these guys are their own business. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, yeah, am I playing for a team that I know for a fact I'm getting traded or, or vice versa with, with the management? We know for a fact he's getting traded. You know, it's our prerogative. Obviously, that team is going to be a seller, so it's not like they have to worry about, uh, you know, well, shit, uh, the fans are paying for a championship product here, and, uh, you know, we're leaving our star out. You know, chances are your team is not championship caliber, so you don't really have to worry about that. I I don't know um, if I'm in favor of a cap on it or not. I, I, I'm, I'm really on the fence about it, but I'm leaning towards no, because again, it's a business for both sides. Why risk? It's like, it's like preseason, you know, it's like exhibition games for both teams, really. Right. Not, not, the, not the team, but, but, but for the player it is, you know, why exert myself in exhibition? You know, how many times you see a, a knee, uh, you know, Sammy Blay, for example. So yeah, I, I'm right. leaning towards no cap. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I've seen it in years past, but normally not, two weeks before the trade deadline. I mean, by doing that, you know, you're telling the player and the rest of your team, well, you know, we're selling like you, you were saying, Scott, and, and moving on. And that's got to be hard for the team, too. And it's got to be hard for the player who, first of all, wants to play hockey and second of all, wants to help whatever team that he's on. And now you're telling them, you know, we don't want you to get hurt. So I don't even know if they're practicing as much when they're doing that because you're kind of isolating the player once you do that. Whatever the reason is, so I don't think there's going to be there should be any kind of rule. I mean, hell, the Rangers have barely played Kraftstall, and everyone knows they they're looking to move them, and they haven't played because he doesn't fit in the lineup. But it would fall into the same category. It's just not that much of a bigger deal as some of these other players. So I, I but I've I've seen it in in years past, and they tend to do it. But I haven't seen it done like 15 days before the trade deadline. Normally it's the week of. You know, we have two games this week. We're going to sit you out just in case, and we're going to move you. Here, I mm-hmm. think when they do that, doesn't it give the other teams you're trading with more leverage? Well, look, we know you want to move Chickler now for sure. You haven't played him in two weeks, and now it makes the negotiation harder too. So, uh, you know, it, it affects everybody, not just the player, the fans, the ownership, the team that you're negotiating with. It, it changes the whole dynamic of the trade when you, I believe, when, when you do something that, like that. But like, my, Scott, my question, because I don't know the mm-hmm. answer, is that is that in the NHLPA? Like they could like is that agreed upon between that and the owners? Like what what is what's the status doesn't of that? To, it, that doesn't it it doesn't have to be. They're still paying the player. 
it's the coach's or, or the organization's decision whether or not to play okay, a particular yes, player yeah. on a particular game or not. It's not like the same, we're not going to play you, but we're not paying you either. So they're fulfilling the CBA portion of that. They're, they're doing mm-hmm. right, healthy scratch. They're doing it to, you know, like we just said, if Chickering goes out tomorrow and plays and blows his knee out, God forbid, well, now you can't trade him. So now the player gets screwed because he, or yeah. actually saved it. Like if you're a USA, let's say, well, now you can't trade me. And now I'm just, now you get nothing from me because no one wants me until I'm not mm. injured anymore. So I, I don't think it's you know, that technical. I just think everybody involved doesn't want that player to get hurt because it, it botches up a potential trade. But I think it changes the leverage a little bit because now you know they want to trade them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, right, right. it's just you know a long I mean? period of time, and you're talking about Chickering, oh, the best defenseman on, on Arizona. Um, but you know, even, and, and you now. get a little bit of a hint of uh, kind of, you know, integrity of the game kind of thing because you got teams like Columbus, Arizona that are doing this, Vancouver that are kind of vying for, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a better uh, draft pick. So I'm not sure there really is an answer, but I was just wondering what you guys thought because it kind of – I could see both points. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like a 48-hour uh, moratorium. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you could, know, but and since the guy for – But everyone's schedule is different. in two days. Right, but it, it's hard to do something like 48 hours because if you're playing, you know, four games in the next seven days, you, he doesn't want the player to get hurt. Sure. So I, it hurt, I think, if anything, it hurts the player's timing a little bit and getting back into a groove of playing every day. And then, like for Chickering, he's probably, probably going to go to a playoff team. So when he comes in, every game's important, and now he hasn't played in, what, two weeks? Even yeah, Luke Shen today, yeah. if if you if you're sitting, they, they announced the Luke Shen thing today, and today's Tuesday, so it's going to be almost two weeks before he moves if if they go to the deadline itself. Now he hasn't played any meaningful hockey at all. Now you expect this guy to come in and jump right into your lineup and be productive and and be at his A game, and that's almost impossible to do. So you're hurting the player and you're hurting the other team that you're trading into. But you can see from if Chickering was our play and we know we were going to move him, I don't want him to get hurt. But you would think then yeah. you would have a priority to move him. Don't wait to the trade deadline, make, make you move. You, I would think if a coach or an organization is doing that, they'd have something in the works. Yeah. And it doesn't, with Chickering, it didn't seem like that whatsoever. No. So that that's something, now that's something maybe the PA would get involved in saying you're sort of hurting the player, but there's nothing really agreed upon or bargained upon when it comes to that. Not now, maybe next contract due, that'll be something that comes up since it happened four times this year now. You, you don't know. So, now that we've had all that fun talk, I have a question for everybody. Is Chester going to bum or not? No, I'm just kidding. That was, that was today's <laughs> argument. That was, that, was today's, that was today's Twitter argument, Scott, in case you didn't see all the fun I was having everybody bashing because he is struggling. You would agree, no, Scott? Yeah, yeah. no, I, that's, I'm glad you you asked me that. That was one of the things I wanted to cover tonight, and I hope I didn't miss in the uh, 20 minutes no, or so. I was late. Um, yeah, no, um, I'm, 
Bum, no, obviously not. Uh, but I am concerned. I, you know, we, we have touched on this earlier on, and we didn't want to panic. Um, I'm kind of panicking now. The good news is we know he has a much higher level of play, um, but I'd really like to be seeing it by now. He's letting in yeah. some terrible goals. You know, it's weird, like the Calgary game, the two goals in the uh, – in, in the. oh, wait, that was that was a lot. Never mind. Um uh, well, he has a tendency to let them up early and then shut it down. Like Edmonton, for example, that's a good one. Edmonton. Four goals in the first period and then, and yep. then, and then shut it down. Um, so, okay, so we, we're getting top-notch level of play uh, from him, but we're not getting it for 60 minutes, and, and I am legitimately concerned about that. I don't know if they're hiding some kind of injury. Uh, I mean, I think Halak has played a little more than he should have. I'm thrilled with how he's playing recently. You know, don't get me wrong. It's like, it's like 10 games now for him, so um, – I'm not nervous with him in anymore, but I'm just saying I, I think as the backup, the backup's getting more starts. I've been noticing that all year. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I haven't looked at the exact numbers. I could be wrong. Um, but it just seems to me like the, uh, like Halak is getting more starts than a backup usually gets. Um, and well, he's got 16. He has 16 starts right now. I don't think that is. Is that lot. average? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so if he's playing 16 – I mean, Shostak in, in an 82-game season, it'll be a little bit more because the Rangers still have, I think, I have to look, I think the Rangers still play seven sets of back-to-back games. So it also goes because of the schedule with, with, with the back-to-back Yeah, that he's going to get more time, especially this half of the season, because of that. So even if he plays 25 games, that means Shostak is going to be in the 50-49 game mark. That, I don't. I don't. You know, if since Halak is playing so well, I, I don't think that's so much a problem. I, I think the problem, and Joe McElhenney brought it up the other night. If you watch Shesterkin, his positioning is all off. He's too deep in his net. He goes down way more than he was going down last year. Uh, and that's why he's getting beat upstairs on a lot. I, I don't know if he's trying to cheat towards deflections because that's how teams have been beating him. But now that they're, they're beating him other ways. And I think Benoit Allaire is going to have to figure out what, what's going on. And if you guys remember a couple of years ago, Lundqvist had the same problem. There was a point in Lundqvist's game when you could just tell he was uncomfortable in that. And when you're not comfortable, your angles are off. And you overplay certain plays that, that you shouldn't be. And the, and the puck's warming up behind him in the net. And, and Allaire worked with him and, and resolved that. It's not something he hasn't seen. It's just something that he's going to have to work with. But with so many games in a compact time, kind of on-the-job training now, so just they're going to have to do something he has not had to do in the NHL next, find his way out of a bad, bad period of hockey. I don't know if the All-Star game threw him off. I don't think so. He's, in this format, he didn't play that much anyway. So he's just not looking the way we want, even though we're winning hockey mm-hmm. games. But, but like you said, Scott, you, you can't keep going down three or four goals in the first period of every game because you're not always going to come back aka last night against Winnipeg. It's not always going to be, you know, oh, we can do it. You know, there's going to be a lot of things battling you. So he's just going to have to find a way. So, you know, does he start tomorrow in Detroit and then they split the weekend? I would think so. I I don't think – I think they just keep putting him out there when they can and let him find his his groove and his game again. But he has to find – whatever the hell he's doing wrong and, and resolve it. Because once those playoffs start, as we all know, every team is great. Well, every team is close. My, and the Devils are going to be a bitch. 
Well, I think also with Shesterkin, let's hope that the defense sure ups the, the blue line defensively. So, you know, now with this mock trade, yeah. uh, he's back. Let, 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 let's see where that goes first and how we can keep guys from getting deep in the offensive zone. Uh, so I know he's having a down year. I'm not ready to jump off, you know, the bandwagon or whatever the terminology wow. you want to use for. I mean, he had an all-time type of year, you know, before. Now, I, it was going to come down to earth a little bit, and that was to be expected. And then struggles happen. I'm not on that Rangers Twitter stuff. Wow, people are just ready. You know, they, they really well, got a mark, you know. But, but listen, yeah, I, really I, got I, if anything, I want, to see the, I want to see the shoring up of the defense as just as much, if yeah. not a little bit yeah. more, than Shosturkin, because I have the confidence in Shosturkin, where the defense all year has kind of been, eh, it's been iffy, but our, our offense is kind of save our lunch. So I, it's almost a two-pronged problem more so, I, and I understand the concerns with the goalie. But um, I think the defense, I, and I actually am optimistic that they will do get a little bit of improvement now uh, with, the, 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 with the move. It makes sense with the fit. I don't know how you guys feel about it, your thoughts. And I know we got about 10 minutes left, and well, anybody wants to say anything? Or... Well, Steve, I, I, well, Steve, I, I think, guys, the... Go ahead, Carl. Yeah, let me bring this up to you guys. I think the issue that folks are having with Igor is not actually a problem at all, if you think about it, right? I don't think we have set sort of like what a baseline expectation of performance for Igor actually is. Like, if you, like Igor's kind of performing to what his – sort of, you know, entry, you know, sort of what his performance has been with the exception of last year. So you have that all-time year, and then you have the rest. And I don't think we've been able to sort of come to a conclusion as to, like, what the sort of middle is. And as long as we don't have an inkling as to what that is, we're going to be sort of judging him based on an all-time premise. And that might be sort of faulty. In, in the sort of the larger evaluation of him. So I guess as we try to figure this out, we, were, we won't really know this even this season. Like, we're probably starting next year, we'll have like, all right, we'll have, what, three plus years of performance, about three years of performance. We could say, okay, this is what he's been doing. We can now kind of have a guess. Like by, with Hank, by about fourth or fifth year, we kind of had a pretty good gauge as to what a baseline level sure. of performance for Hank was it, as opposed to his rookie year where he was tremendous and then he was good, you know, pretty much the rest of the way. But for Igor, we, because of the fact that he nearly won the MVP last year, we're sort of, you know, there's at least right. a certain percentage of the fans, at least the ones that were reading Larry Brooks's column uh, either yesterday or today, oh. you know, that's where, <laughs> and I think that's where it came from. He started a whole other he started a whole other thing today with that comment. So. Oh, there's more? Oh, my. Oh, you got you have to tell me about that. I, La- I, was, Larry, I didn't get a chance to read that today. <laughs> Larry Brooks made but one I think comment. But I think that's what it's coming to, is that we don't know what the what Igor is. Like, Vasilevsky, we kind of know. Like, there's certain guys we kind of know. Mm-hmm. Igor, we're, we're trying to figure out what he is, but we yeah. don't know. And a lot of this also, guys, is sort of like a results-based situation, right? Let's think about this. As we were talking about earlier. If Igor has these struggles between now and the next seven weeks, but then he is the reason why they beat the Devils in the first round, then, of course, it's nobody cares. But, right. <laughs> but right. if you flip that around, That's right. and he, let's, say, let's say he falls out the rest of the way, 1.8 goals against average the rest of the way, and then struggles against the Devils. Does anybody care about the 1.8? No. You're right. You are 100% right. It's, a, it's what you do for me now kind of. Kind of thing, you know. It could also be a game situation. Last year, he played in, he, he appeared in 53 games last year, 
and that was his most in his one, two, three and a half years in the NHL. This year he's played in 41 games. He's probably he's definitely going to exceed the 53. Is he just not used to the action, the travel? Is it catching up? And we all knew he wouldn't. There would be a drop off, you know, from the Vesna year to now because those numbers were just not just wasn't you know going to happen. But he's not that far off from last year with his struggle. What has he got this year? Twenty. He has 25 wins right now in 41 games. Last year he had 36 wins in 52 games. Could get to that 36 again if he gets hot again. You, you would hope he does. So it could just be like any other. That's what I was trying to say today. Every player goes through a slump. Every player does. And maybe this is just Igor's time. You know, he didn't get the week off with the all-star break. He was running around. And maybe it's just, I mean, I'm hoping that's what it is. Yes. And I think a lot He's of it is what Steve said. Defense has not been strong. And that, before we go up, because we only have a few more minutes, that's what I was going to ask you guys. Is it time to break up the pairing? Fox has been doing a ton of giveaways lately. Miller and Truba don't seem to be the unit they were earlier in the year. Maybe it's time to split them up a little bit. We've seen it when the Rangers are down a goalie or tied. He's going to put Miller, Miller and Fox together. Yes, to get that offense, but they also play well together. You know, it, it might be time that that fox Lingwood pair has got to get split up just to change it up a little bit because, you know, you keep putting the same six out and the same pairings out or having the same defensive miscues time after time. The only constant the Rangers have had all season, Gallant hasn't touched it. But if you look at it as an overall team and an overall unit, maybe it's time that those pairings get broken up and see what you can do before the playoffs start. You know, you don't want to make that move against the Devils in a best of seven for the first time. You, you guys think, what do you think, Glenn, Scott, break them up, keep them together? We only got like six, seven minutes left, so let's make it quick. No, I definitely do not want to break them up. I think they have so much chemistry together. Uh, they're, they're just unbelievable, uh, in my opinion, Fox offensive, uh, Lindgren, the defense, <laughs> covering the D. They, they've... Yeah, I know Fox is having some giveaways, and hopefully he can work on that. We also, like Igor, we know what Fox is capable of. Um, so, yeah, his, his offense has been right on par. But, yeah, he's uh, not as great as defensively so far. But uh, not to the point where I want to break the, the, up that chemistry. I think that chemistry is just unbelievable, in my opinion. What do you, what do you think, Glenn? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with Scott. I mean, I, I, those pairs have worked before. Um, and I have confidence that they can work again. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the, the defensive breakdowns and everything, but, but, but to me, as much as the defense, it's, it's really the forwards too. It's a, a team mm-hmm. defense that, that seems mm-hmm. to be a little bit out of sync. So I, I don't know if we should, uh, you know, say, well, let's, let's break up the defensive pairings. I mean, these guys have played together for so long um, that, you know, I kind of hate to do that at this point of the season. If you wanted to, experiment with that a little bit earlier, which Gallant did a little bit in certain situations. Um, but, I mean, at this point of the season, I think it's about, you know, let's get everything fine-tuned. Let's, uh, um, you know, work on some consistency. Let's work on team defense. Uh, Igor's got some things he's got to obviously work on as well. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, we're getting into the stretch run here. And, and I don't – I think the time for experimenting should be over. Um, you know, that's just, that's just my opinion. Uh, fine to do it earlier in the season, but, but now it's, uh, you know, it's a race to the playoffs, and I think we got to just, you know, consolidate 
everything uh, all together, team defense, forwards, uh, defensemen, and obviously uh, Igor as well. Dee, what do you think? We're going to split Kandre Miller up or not? I I am not there yet with the defensive the defensive <laughs> pairings. I, I they they've been fine. That those the, the top four guys they they've always been fine. They've had some lapses. I'm with Glenn. Like I think when it comes to Gallant, and this is where I understand some of the line change theory, where you kind of want to find. And this is what Carl he said a, a week ago or two weeks ago, and I agree with him. You know, with all the offensive scoring that, that they can come back in games, you got to find a way to get some defense because when you get to the playoffs, the games are going to be a lot less scoring, and you got to find the right forward combination that can deliver you offense and defense. So, and I think if we fix that first, then I'm going to see what happens with the Shesterkin in front of him. So that's kind of where I stand on that. Well, what do you think, Carl? There we go. You cannot, because because you have these sort of games to play with where you're not chasing a playoff spot, you could try it in, in theory for a couple of minutes here and there during some of these games just to see what it looks like. You know, right, then you better be on Ranger take... Twitter with us. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm saying clear from that. But it, come on, as it Carl, stands right now, like, with what... me, man. You, you can't just oh, no, 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 no. the grenade and run. <laughs> I'm sitting. I'm, I'm sitting in the and, corner. I'm just watching. Uh, I'm just watching World War Three go on while I'm over here on the in, in, on the side. But if you man, with, while you have these games, while you have this, yeah, while you have these games to play with, and that's really what they are right now. You know, uh, uh, to Glenn's, I mean, even though Glenn was saying, "Hey, we're kind of fine tuning things," and just, but you also want to see, okay, if I go to this, what does it look like? as opposed to mm-hmm. doing it for the first time in the most stressful of situations. If you at least have some sort of knowledge in advance, okay, in case of emergency, break open glass. That option is available right. to you. I would much rather be comfortable having some advanced knowledge of how it works than trying it on, on, under desperate circumstances and then seeing how it works because if it doesn't, if it doesn't work then, well, now you're screwed. So you may as well just – uh, but, I mean, look at look at some of the games on the schedule. They're playing Montreal. They're playing. I'm looking at some of the other games on the schedule. They got Buffalo coming up. Uh, you know, easy, I mean, they've got easy, some games here. Uh, easy on the Canadians, man. They're up two on Jersey right now. Easy on the Canadians, man. Hey, I'm, I'm with Carl. So, <laughs> for the record, guys, I, I I'm on Carl's side with this. I would I would like to see it just to see what's going on a little bit because sometimes just things get a little stale. And I might look. It's also hard to say they're playing so well, but. If, you know, if you're going to keep changing or if you want the chance and the opportunity to change the offense up when you're not happy with that chemistry, it, it's the same thing on the back end a little bit. I just think, man, this has just been a lot of – and I know it's a five-man unit defense. It, it, I say that all the time. But the guys on the back line, just, they're just not on their A game. You know, they, a lot of running around, a, a lot of just chipping the puck out and getting picked off and, and bad passes and – I'm not talking about on the other side of the blue line. In their own end, it just seems to be more of a struggle. And I think a lot of times, and we saw this with Lundqvist for years, how the goaltender saves you from seeing these mistakes more magnified. But with the way these last three games have gone, with, with the, you know, the early deficits and all, it, it's just sometimes I'm going to myself, you know, can it hurt? I mean, they're all professionals. They can all play with whomever they want to play. So if you were going to try it, I, I like what Carl said. I, I like to see him try it a little bit here and there, 
Because if you're going to change something up in, in the middle of a, a playoff series, you want to know that you've tried it already and that it can be successful. Or the other side, it totally sucked and I'm not going to do it. You, you need to kind of know before you get into this devil series, which is, is going to be a, some friggin' battle, let me tell you. No one better think the Rangers are going to just run over New Jersey because they have our number and they're just, you know, they're not playing great now because Hughes is out and he's such a big part of that team. But I, I, I would like to see them try something different. But that, that'll be for another conversation. We're going to do final thoughts. Steven. Yeah, let's jump into it. We're out of time, but let's get uh, final thoughts. Yeah. Final thoughts, Carl. You want to lead off? With, we'll have to make this a little quick today. We're a little tight on time. We don't want to talk about <laughs> Absolutely. You know, to close it out here with the trade deadline coming up, I'm looking at that fourth line center position as, as, a, as a thing to upgrade. And for some reason, Derek Broussard's name was in my head. You know, I'm, I'm looking for mm-hmm. somebody that can give me eight to nine minutes. I need that line to give me somewhere in between eight and ten minutes. And for some reason, his name is in my head. I mean, he's only making 750 k He would be a salary that could fit in. Perhaps that's something that could be considered going into the final week here. I like that. Scott, yeah. that for us, buddy. Yeah, that's a great uh, that's a great name to throw the fourth line. I'm sure I, I missed this. Um, I like the Mott trade. I did like uh, Gutierrez though. Um, I, I I know he couldn't finish, um, but uh, I did like him back there. I thought he was very fast. So I think we're still in need of one more fourth liner. And, uh, yeah, why not Broussard? Uh He was great for us. I know he's not going to be the same, but uh, I think he could be good enough for the fourth line. So I'll agree with my final thoughts. Nice. Glenn? Well, I would just say leave it to Carl to be the wise adult in the room uh, while uh, guys <laughs> like me and Scott are kind of going off on our opinions. Um, so uh, Carl's, Carl's always got something to pull out of his uh, pocket that uh, kind of interests it all, and that's a great name. I hadn't even thought about that. So, uh, hey, we'll see. I mean, he probably could be had pretty easily, and uh, like to say, the uh, the salary is not too high, and uh, that probably would be a, a real steady – reliable uh, addition to the team for the fourth line. Nice. And Steve, our fearless leader. Hey, man, nah, man, we're all, we're all brothers in this, man. It's all, it's all good, man. <laughs> Listen, how, how interesting would that be, man? How that would have come full circle that Broussard is on the same team right. as Benajad? <laughs> that's what I was saying. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That, that might be the ticket, man. You know, his name, did, his name did come up today in one of the reports I was reading that he might be available and, and a fit. So it's funny that Carl said that. Yeah, yeah. How ironic. And then that would lead us to a, a cup run. Um, listen, this game could be, or the game last night could be a wash if the Canadians could hold a three goal lead. Uh, next week we'll have our episode at 8 o'clock because it will be in between games. And I'll be a, a pretty much a trade deadline episode. So good, good talk, guys. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes for the next few games. Man. Yeah, you got it. It was a great conversation. We definitely need to improve just that fourth line center, maybe for that for that final piece. Uh, follow me on Ranger Proud on Twitter. Guys, help me. I'm getting beat up a lot today. Coming, man. Here and there. I can only take so many grenades for Bleed Blue. Let's, today was an interesting day. Um, great conversation with everyone. I appreciated it. Ranger Proud Facebook, Twitter, Empire Sports Media, Forever Blue Shirts. And we shall catch you guys next Tuesday. That sounds good. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you?